Welcome to Writer's Digest Presents. Hosted by the editors of Writer's Digest, this monthly podcast features conversations with writing and publishing experts whose insights will help ignite your creative vision, hone your skills, build your platform, and get your work out into the world. Welcome to Writer's Digest Presents. I'm Editor-in-Chief Amy Jones, alongside Senior Editor Robert Lee Brewer, Managing Editor Mariah Richard, and Editor Michael Woodson. It's our first episode of 2023, and since January is the time of year when everyone is setting goals and resolutions, we thought we would talk about how we, as writers, define success, because how you define success can and should play a big role in the goals you create for yourself and how you create those goals for yourself. Hey, everyone. Happy New Year. Hi. Happy New Year. Hi. Happy New Year. So my first question is kind of a two-part question. Broadly speaking, how did you define writing success when you were younger? And how do you define it now? How has that, um, your view of that shifted over time? Well, for me, um, I guess it's changed a lot over the years. Like if you go like way back, like my original, like success goal was like actually finishing something that, uh, I felt like, you know, started had a middle and had an end. Uh, I was very good at like starting things and not finishing them or, (laughs) or the idea just starts to build so big that like, I would just get overwhelmed and not be able to, to get to the end of something that I was writing. Um, so early on, I would say just, just finishing stuff, um, over time, of course, like success would, uh, be defined by like getting published, trying to get paid for the writing. Um, and those don't always go hand in hand. Um, but more and more like now it's, it's, it's changed, um, to where it's probably somewhere in, in between those types of goals. Um, uh, yeah. Anyways, that's mine. It's so interesting that you say it like that, because I think mine was almost, my trajectory was almost the exact opposite. When I was younger, <laughs> I viewed success, writing success as getting traditionally published, like having a book out in the world. The writing part of it almost didn't even factor in. <laughs> it was just somehow that I'm going to write a book and it's going my, the way I will be successful is if it is out in the world somewhere. And then of course, you know, now that like I worked this job and I've been thinking about it for so many years and like actually working on the writing, my idea of success is like, is much more realistic, I think. Hmm. If I write something in a day, I feel successful. Um, doing that NaNoWriMo challenge last year and writing a large portion of a draft, that was that I felt so successful when I when I hit that mark. So it's like I have um, the writing part of it. I've learned to separate the difference between the writing portion of success and the publishing portion of success. And those are two different things in my mind now. Um, And it definitely was not like that when I was, when I was younger, like in college taking writing classes. I think I'm almost the exact same as you, Amy. Um, I started writing very young. And then when I decided 
that I wanted to like pursue writing, I think I was thinking about it in terms of like from a reader's perspective, because you, before you're a writer, you're a reader. Right. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. always thought like, well, if I'm going to write books, then like the end goal is to have your work in front of as many people as possible. And that's how you become successful. Um, But I think the older I get, the more that I understand that, um, like, goals and writing, both (laughs) separate and together, um, are incredibly individual. Um, So, like, for me, for my personal success, um, as long as I'm writing stories that make me happy and keep me engaged, um, I'm successful, whether or not anybody else in the world sees them, whether or not I'm writing every day or consistently or finishing them. Um, As long as I'm happy doing what I'm doing, I feel successful. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, it's, it's an interesting question because when I was um, like a student, finishing stories wasn't a problem or hard for me because there was just the um, like innate accountability of like getting a grade and it being workshopped. And so like considering success outside of finishing a story, it never occurred to me that that could be a, a goal or, or can be seen as successful because I had to do it in school. And then when I, when I graduated, the, kind of as all what we're saying is my idea of success was just seeing that finished story in a uh, journal or like finished book on a bookshelf and I wasn't um, you know reaching those uh, benchmarks and so I kept feeling unsuccessful but part of that was because I just kept not finishing anything because I didn't have that accountability anymore and so it took me years to to learn that you, no one's waiting for you to finish this except for you so you have to finish it and so learning like self-accountability within my um like personal creative life has helped me like redefine my success in right now my my definition definition of success is in just finishing drafts but i think it's because writers in general i think we need to start seeing success as a step by step process not as like what the ultimate end goal is yeah i really love that that idea of that step by step process. And that kind of connects to the next question I had, which is how did how did that shift in your definitions change over time? Was it a gradual evolution or was there like a specific turning point where, you know, something somebody said or something that you read changed your mind about how six, writing success is defined for you? Because for me, it was a very it was a very gradual thing over the course of, I think, working at Writer's Digest and encountering so many, so many different writers. And I think there's been, at least in the writers that I follow on social media or their websites or even agents, there's this shift in, um, I don't know if I, if attitude is the right word, but it seems like people are offering each other a lot more grace and encouraging people to give themselves more grace when it comes to the goals that they set for themselves and how chaotic 
our world has been the past several years. Um, people seem to be giving each other permission to say, yeah, I didn't write today. That's right. fine. Still call yourself a writer. Um, so I think that has sort of helped me go easier on myself, I think, or give myself those more realistic, achievable day-to-day or week-to-week goals instead of you will be successful when you've got a book on the shelves. Right. Yeah, I, I think what I think there's multiple ways that my goals have changed. Part of it's just a, a gradual evolution, like you said, Amy. And, um, you know, every time, I don't know how many author spotlights we put up on the writersdigest.com every week, but, it's, you know, usually like, I don't know, three to five a week. And, and it's always interesting to hear from writers, their perspective on, uh, success and goals and, and, you know, and, and, and not all of them are the same, but, but there are a lot that, um, you know, there, there are so many different perspectives that then it like starts to broaden my perspective about what success can and should be. Um, but if I had like one galvanizing point, I, I think maybe, uh, releasing my first collection of poems Hmm. uh that's kind of like you you hit that goal where like early on you think like this is the goal to get a a book a collection of poems published like as far as being a poet and and you think you know once i hit that like everything's gonna be amazing and um and it was a very good experience i still very proud of the collection uh but I think like hitting that success, like once you hit it, like even before the book gets on the shelf, like I'm, I'm still excited about it. But then there's also this part of me that's just thinking like, you know, what's next? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, where do we go from here? And and you just start thinking about like, okay, I did that. Like, what what, you know, my life's not any different. You know, <laughs> so um, so then so then I just start start broadening out like. You know what? What do I want my impact as a writer to be, uh, and and what like it, it almost starts to turn into like this existential thing after you hit that big goal that you've always been working towards. You start to think like, okay, like I did that, but like, what do I really want to get out of writing, and 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 where where does success? What what is it really? And um, you know, I, I think that just kind of helped like change shift my perspective a bit, like in a mm-hmm seismic way i think the further i got into my editing career the more i had to interrogate what writing meant to me and Mm. what its role is in my life um because like i mean up until i was in uh grad school i was like i'm going to be a writer like this is going to be my main focus um but all that time you know starting when I was an undergrad, I had been editing um, and tutoring and like working in these spheres that allowed me to engage with writers in a different way. And then when I left grad school, I was like, well, editing will pay for my writing career. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, the more I, I've done it, um, 
the more that I have developed my editing career, the more passionate I've become about it. So it's not just a vehicle for me to do something else. It is something that like I really put my heart and soul in. So I feel like at least once a year, I kind of sit down with myself and I'm like, so am I a writer who edits? Am mm. I an editor who also writes? Um, uh, can you be both of those things totally. at the same time? And if so, like, I only have so much time and resources and energy. So at any given point, where am I focusing? Um, and and to me, it's helpful to to just kind of go with the flow of that. Of like, I don't need to define, you know, am I this or am I that? I can be both, but it is helpful to have those check-ins and to um, to kind of honor that original goal that Amy and I had talked about, right? That like when I was 12 and I was thinking about my future, you know, I, I still feel joy in receiving feedback from readers on my work. Um, so how how will I honor that and how will I put my time toward it? Um, so I think that's there there was no like one specific point, but it's like multiple points that's always kind of happening to me. Yes, that resonates with me because I, I in in thinking about it, it is sort of like a evolutionary still happening. My goals are changing. My definition of success is changing, mm-hmm. but the. I guess the first moment I even was like aware of the fact that like I didn't know what success meant anymore for me was my my definition of it started to change purely out of burnout I think because like graduating with um, a degree in creative writing like instantly I stopped reading and writing because I was just over it and I was overwhelmed and I was like I don't even know what I want to write I don't even know if I'm good at this anymore. And I took a really long break from it um, and got a job at like a digital agency writing like content, but not anything particularly creative. And I wasn't around writers or or readers. Um, And then I slowly got back into reading before I moved back into writing, which I think is an interesting um, perspective, Mariah, when you say like, am I a writer who's an editor or am I an editor who's a writer or can I be both? And I do think we are both. And I think that I think naturally one is the other. Um, and I think I'll, like my niece over the holidays asked, like, what do you do? Like, what's your job? And I did have moments like, do I, what do I say? Like, do I say I'm an editor? <laughs> Will she understand that? Do I say I'm a writer? Is that pretentious? It's like, no, because that's what I do. Like, so I just said, like, I'm a writer. Um, and it was one of the first times in my life that I've ever said that out loud, which is ridiculous because I've been doing it like uh, as a student and professionally for like over a decade. Um, So like for me, it came from needing to fall back in love with it, uh, naturally changed my definition of it and it's continuing to change. I really like that point, Michael. And I think Mariah got me thinking this a little bit too, when she was uh, giving her perspective on this, but uh, I, I almost feel like, um, cause I also went through like a, a, a period where, you know, I got out of, uh, college and just felt that burnout, um, a little bit because just doing so many workshops, having so many people 
talk about what's wrong in your writing. <laughs> like, you know, always trying to week. give like positive feedback too, but uh, you just feel like kind of burnt out. And then you come back to it to where like, I really do feel, and I, I think this is something after my poetry collection uh, that started to shift is like, it really starts to become about like the success is still being in love with writing and still yes. enjoying that process and, and trying to write a better sentence or a better scene or a better poem or, you know, whatever it is that, that you're writing. And I think that, like, I, I love that you said that, Robert, um, because, like, if you heard me laughing when Michael was talking, um, I was not laughing at him. I was laughing because fine like, if you were. the academic burnout is like too real. <laughs> um, and, and I did experience that, but I think it's also like so true that like, even if you didn't go to school for writing, if you're just living your life and writing and trying to make that dream happen, it can become so overwhelming and you probably, I think everyone probably has a moment where they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Totally. This is really hard. And I think it's totally okay to put it down and to go through that process of relearning to love it and to find that spark again and to come back to it. I think that is like a true joy. And, and I hope that, you know, people honor that instead of just mm. being like, this is something that I really wanted to do and it didn't work out. Um, like Amy, when you were talking about like this, this kind of shift in culture of giving yourself more grace. Um, I think it's good to, to say like, this is not working for me right now. Totally. Um, but you know, maybe in the future I'll come back to it. And I think that's, um, I feel like writers have a unique privilege and maybe all artists have that unique privilege of being able to do that. Um, to just put it down for a little bit to rest, heal, and then fall right back into it. Well, and sorry, and being comfortable with that ebb and flow because th I remember specifically one time someone asked me like, are you still, this was not that long ago, like maybe two years ago. Um, I was at a friend's uh, baby shower and they kept mistaking me for her other friend who had just um, published his first, his debut novel with I think it was Penguin and it was like a big deal. And they kept being like, oh, you just had a book come out. And I was like, that wasn't me, but I'm loving this rumor. Like, <laughs> um, And then my friend kept being like, I'm really sorry. I was like, it's okay. I'm actually not that stressed about it right now. Like, yes, of course, one day I would, I would love to publish a novel, but like right now it's not happening and I'm very comfortable with that. And that, and some, but sometimes that's very stressful for me. And, and I get really anxious about the fact that I haven't done that yet. And I do start to feel like a failure, but I, I am recognizing and comfortable with the fact that that is also just the nature of um, trying something creative is that like sometimes you sit comfortably in the fact that it's um, in progress and sometimes it makes you a little bit disappointed but uh, I think that comes back to this conversation of of success and trying better to celebrate the smaller successes that will eventually lead to the ultimate goal. Well I think that connects to <clears throat> What you were saying, Michael, about when your niece asked you what you do for your job and you had to think about, like, should you say you're an editor or you're a writer or whatever? And I think, you know, we can be very comfortable with having these goals 
these malleable goals for ourselves and what success means to ourselves. But there's something about when like people who are not writers Mm -hmm. ask you what you do or um, if they know that you have written before or you want to tell them you're a writer and perhaps you don't have something published yet. The next question they'll obviously ask you after you say, oh, I'm a writer is what have you published? And like, that's the outside totally. version of what success is. Um, that's the general public's idea of what success as a writer is. And so I think finding that balance or that way to be comfortable with our own definition of it versus what people who aren't writers, who aren't in publishing, think of it. Um, totally. That's kind of something that's hard to... It's hard to it's hard to come to terms with, I guess, um, or it's hard to find a way to be comfortable with having your own version of success that isn't the broader version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really kind of interesting. Uh, the thought just occurred to me because if I tell someone that I write, they immediately start wondering about you know where where are you published, like what mm-hmm. successful benchmarks have you hit. If someone tells me that they golf. Like, I don't start thinking, like, well, what tournaments have you won? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I, I yeah. just imagine you go out and you golf. And uh, it, it's interesting that with writers, like, I feel so often uh, they feel like they can't say that they write unless they're also going to list off, like, how, how they got yeah. published. Yeah. And, and that's kind of an unfair uh, outside benchmark. Mm-hmm. To, to it attach really to it. Not, not to not to say that writing's the same as golf, but uh, it, it is interesting that um, you know those two different, like how how that active writing just automatically seems to like say, well, what have you published? Right. Well, or they're like, like, okay, but what do you really do? Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, to put it like to compare it to another creative thing, it's like when some you find out somebody is a mus- musician, you don't say, oh, like what venues have you played? what stadiums right. have you sold out like that's not that right, would be right. there that, like yeah people are content like that you can play the guitar or yeah. play the piano right like that yeah exactly you know? but with writers it's yeah it's interesting <laughs> it is <clears throat> so all of this kind of connects to my next question because i have been thinking a lot about the idea of taking taking your idea of success out of the hands of other people and finding ways Mm. to reframe your goal so that it's not dependent on other people saying yes or uh, them approving of your work in some way. And like, of course, with some things that's not going to be possible, like if your goal is to get an agent and you don't get an agent, like the goal is not met. (laughs) But or <laughs> if you want to be published with a traditional publisher, like those are goals that you can't really shift. But there, there have to be other areas or other ways where writers can create goals where success is in their own hands. And this occurred to um, Anya Loren Wilson wrote an article in the magazine. I cannot remember which issue, um, but she was talking about something about setting goals and um, or it was like pitching story ideas or something like that. And, 
And she reframed it and instead of focusing on like the goal of getting the agent, make your goal to pitch X number of agents mm-hmm. um, so that when you have done the pitching, you have you have achieved something because putting your work out in the world is a big deal. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, you getting the agent might still be the ultimate goal, but there are other ways to achieve certain benchmarks along the way that can be fulfilling. Um, so are there yeah, other... I think that's a really good goal. Um, I know when I was submitting poetry, uh, something I really haven't been doing in the past uh, few years, but, but when I was doing it a lot, a lot more frequently, um, that was sort of how I approached the submission process. Uh, almost with a, and I don't want to say like fatalistic, like I'm going to get rejected, but like I wasn't as focused on the acceptance as much as keeping the poems moving and in circulation as far as being being on submission somewhere. And uh, my goals would be like to submit, and you know I I had a lot of poems to submit, and they usually submit like packages like three to five poems to publications at a time. So like I would just, I'd have my submission tracker and I would have like a goal like to submit to like three places a week. And I would just do that, mark it in my uh, submission tracker. And then uh, if stuff got accepted, great. Um, If it got rejected, it would always be like a time where it's like, okay, I've been away from these poems for a little while. Do I think I can tweak them at all? Uh, sometimes I could, sometimes I couldn't. And then send them out again. And um, that, so so like the goal really wasn't like the yes or the no. It was like, just keep it right. moving. And then over time, you know, the acceptances build up to where then I'm like, all right, now I'm going to try to put a collection together and try to get that published. Um so so I think that's a really great way to like kind of put this the measure of success, the metrics into your own hands instead of like the hands of like you can't control whether an editor's going to be into your pitch a certain day or month. And as an editor, I can say like the things I'm interested in, it, it does change from time to time. Um there are some pitches that come in that like I'm probably going to accept them 10 out of 10 times but there's other ones where it really it does depend where I'm at as far as like uh our content mix what we've recently mm-hmm. done um and, and all that I think for me the the key was a shift in my perspective that actually happened like very recently um, so Amy, I love how you phrased it as like, um, like taking it out of the hands of other people. Um, so for me, how I have reframed is, um, looking at hopes versus goals. So, um, for example, going into 2023 before this shift in perspective, I would have said, my goal is to get a story published in a hundred word story by the end of the year. That's a goal. But at the end of the day, I can write 10,000 stories and submit them all and all of them are rejected and that's not my fault and it's out of my hands. Um, So looking at what what I'm thinking of as a hope, 
I hope to be published in a hundred word story by the end of 2023. That's the hope. So the goal is, okay, well, I'm going to submit um, X number of stories, or I, I want to have um, these three stories really, really polished in the next two weeks so I can submit them by this date. Those are actionable goals that I mm-hmm. have total control over um, that push me toward that hope. Um, so I think that's like... Like, I am not a failure just because this really big thing that I wanted didn't happen. Um, and it's, it's to me, submitting writing always feels like job hunting. <laughs> oh, 100%. Because, like, you could be perfect for this position, but there's a thousand things that are going on behind the scenes that have nothing to do with you that mm-hmm. mean that you don't get the job. And it has nothing to do with who you are as a person, what your resume looks like, etc. Um, and that's it's how writing is too, right? Like you could have the most perfect story, but maybe they've already filled up their issue or maybe sure. they've already accepted something that's very similar or, 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 or. There's just 10,000 mm-hmm. other things that you will never know. Um, so to like kind of let go of that, unknowing (laughs) and to to say like I've done everything I could on my end that has had me meet my goal um so I think that's I'm hoping to take that energy into 2023 (laughs) and stop obsessing over things that I can't control I love that so much (laughs) (laughs) hopes versus goals like that whole thing that was perfect I, I just, I wrote it down. I, I love that so much. <laughs> well, and also recognizing that like, or deciding maybe that like an end goal is different than personal success, especially like along the way. And I, I think I wrote about this in one of our Running Mistakes writers make um, pieces online. But um, I think writing is like very, as a unique art form in that it's one of the few that we don't get to see the step-by-step process. I wrote for an art magazine or I edited for an art magazine for many years. And um, part of that was artists would submit their literal step-by-step process to help other artists. Movies and TV have making of featurettes. Um, Even musicians, like you can see them in the studio. And so for a lot of us who are trying to write or who are actively writing, it's too easy to feel like a failure when the only thing we see is the finished product. And I think that, deciding then to celebrate the small successes in between and what those mean for you, even down to um, the kind of rejections you get can still be successful because as a personal anecdote, um, I've submitted to this one literary journal that I uh, greatly admire several times and I've uh, gotten rejections that are, you know, very, uh, thank you for submitting. This isn't the right home for us, but please submit again. And then one specific one that was so sincere and um, a very close read told me like, this is what we loved about it. We loved to this. We loved to this. We thought this could uh, use some work. And as it is right now, we're not the home for it. And that told me two things. One, that it was very barely a rejection. And two, like they offered me (laughs) like basically a free workshop and uh, told me like, 
fix this part. And if, and if you do, then we might like, are more likely to accept it. And to me, that was like a successful rejection Mm -hmm. and, um, has helped me recognize the smaller successes that will hopefully lead me to my end goal. But I think that, um, it is just such a, I don't think this is unique. Like I think most writers feel this, um, this push and pull of like, am I successful because I haven't met my goal? It's like, well, yeah, because everything you do to get closer to that goal is a success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's a, there are like two great points there. Like one is um, as far as like the finished product, like that's what we see. So we think, you know, when we write like, Oh, I wrote my first draft. It's nowhere close to like right. what, this published thing is well that published thing was probably gone over by several different editors and uh rewritten many times even after it was accepted i mean that's one thing that that the more interviews you read with authors the more you realize that you make it as perfect as you can but then editors and agents are still going to uh possibly have you rewrite the whole thing yeah (laughs) um because there's something that they loved about it but but they think that that it can get better but then the other thing is like we see um other authors other writers success moments and think wow look at that success moment they had they got published here they got published there and and what's often lost is that they might have submitted to that place 20 30 times right. like that specific journal uh before they were finally accepted and uh but what we see is like that publication credit and think wow if they got published there like i never get published there well they probably mm-hmm. were never published there either until they were so mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's like when at the annual conference last summer when marlon james was talking about the number of rejections he got when he was searching for an agent. Like we only know that he has an agent and he's published these books and he's a great success. But before all that came the 75 or 76 or however many it was rejections and the burned manuscript in his backyard, you know? Yeah. He, I mean that literally almost, that that never, almost never happened because yeah. Um, he was driven to the point where he thought like, I'm, I'm a failure and, you know, burning the Mm -hmm. manuscript to to where then he has to try to hunt down. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, I mean, that shows you how close, Mm -hmm. like how thin the margin can be between Mm -hmm. uh, success and failure as far as how other people measure it. And and, um, it's always the saddest thing to me is hearing people who say like that they wrote a whole book or wrote, a few books and that they just quit writing because they haven't been published. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I I feel like, like, wow, they they had enough energy to write multiple, you know, a book or multiple books, but then they let these other, I, I guess it would be in the hopes column, like crush their ability to keep like mm-hmm. chasing their goals and keep, keep writing to where they probably would have eventually found success if they, they kept at it. Mm-hmm. Well, while we're talking about measurements, 
Are you a fan of creating like metrics for yourself or ways of tracking your progress or setting benchmarks towards the things that are goals? And if so, like, how do you do that for yourself? And you know, Robert, you mentioned you've got a you had a submission tracker for your poems. Yeah. So for submitting my poems, uh, especially because, well, I think it's helpful to have a submission tracker if you're going to do any like significant submitting. Um, if you're only submitting like one manuscript to one place and then waiting for them to respond, then I guess you don't need a submission tracker, but um, a lot of people will do simultaneous submissions. And with poetry, when you're doing batches of poems, uh, I find like, it's really helpful to know where everything is and where it's out to at any given time, because if it gets accepted somewhere, you want to let other people know that uh, this poem is uh, no longer available. Uh, but uh, yeah, so like that's very helpful for just like managing that. Um, as far as like metrics, I used to try to do metrics for my writing, like, like, as far as like hitting specific word counts and all of that. And it was actually during Mariah's uh, February flash fiction challenge last year when the goal is to write 1500 words or less a day that my my fiction writing really started to open up on a daily basis because I was putting a limit on how many words to write each day. <laughs> and somehow that made it easier to write then thinking of hitting a benchmark of like trying to write 500 words or trying to write this ironically, like trying to keep it under 1500. I was like going over, I think <laughs> when I met, when I uh, crunched the numbers after February is over, I was like averaging like 900 words a day or something like that, trying to keep it under 1500. Whereas <laughs> if I had come in with the goal of like, write at least 500 a day, I probably would have failed. <laughs> so. So uh, for, for me, that like kind of changed my, my viewpoint on, on how, how I look at the goals and, and, and how I measure and, and trying not to stress out so much about like hitting a certain goal. Because then if I start to miss it, then I start to get down on myself and uh, go the wrong way. <laughs> um, anyone who knows me and everyone on this team will testify that I love a good spreadsheet. <laughs> so I don't know if I have my ADHD brain to thank for that or what, but having data and metrics is always super helpful to keep me on track, um, but also to visualize everything that I'm accomplishing. So um, for me, like a submission spreadsheet is not only helpful to like see where things are at any given point, but just to be able to look back and be like, wow, look how much I submitted this year um, compared to last year or five years ago. Um, but this year I am doing something a little bit different. So for the holidays, um, as a gift, I gave me and two very close writing friends um, all identical teeny tiny journals um, that you can like easily throw in a bag and, and kind of carry with you. And we each took a turn with each other's journal and we wrote one hope and one goal that we have for each other for this year. And then after we read the goals and hopes that we had for each other, we had to write down one for ourselves. Um, so that was 
like like when I was talking about a hundred word story, like that is my hope for this year. So I'm like framing my goals around that hope specifically. And that has made things feel nicer. <laughs> but if if you are interested, anyone who's listening and anyone on our team here, if you're interested in goal trackers, um, I really, really highly recommend passion planners. Um, so it's a physical planner that you can buy and have sent to you. Um, they have quarterly ones and they have yearly ones. And the yearly ones are really nice because you have to do a lot of um, kind of like goal setting and it's very creative and, and dynamic on the page. Um, and you have to like fill in bubbles and all this stuff. And then every quarter it asks you to check in um, and kind of journal about it. Um, but they do have a bunch of free downloads on their site. So they have like day-to-day -day goals. Um, you can make your own like 30-day challenges for literally whatever you want. It doesn't have to be writing. Um, and they also do have um, multilingual options for their planners, um, which has just in the past been really helpful to, again, like I'm somebody who needs the constant check-in throughout the year. Like, how am I doing? Do I need to pivot? Do I need to do something different to help make this happen? And Passion Planner has been super, super helpful for that. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not a benchmark person and I really wish I was and it would probably help. But I, yeah, I don't, I'm not, it just doesn't, I've learned right now in my life that it is um, more of a hindrance than a help for me because it's really like a surefire way to make me feel like I'm failing because mm. if it's not, if I don't have it in me that day or something and I don't mm. meet that goal, it's just like a too much of a visual reminder that I didn't meet it. and. Um, so yeah, no, doesn't help me. But I've <laughs> learned that, um, and and I wish I, this was true in school too. Like um, writing props don't really help me, and I and every time I try, I wish they did. So what I've learned is that like I think because it was felt like such an assignment, an open assignment in school to write a story. Like if I'm given that opportunity now, I'm way more successful. And uh, an example being that a few years ago. A friend of mine was putting together a um, like a, a creative writing podcast for the for Pride Month, and she reached out to her queer friends who she knew were creative writers and asked them like, "Would you mind writing a short story to be read on the podcast?" And then I'll interview about it. And I was like, "Absolutely!" And that like pressure to be like, it needs to be done by this time so we can so I can read it and we can record it, and um, sort of like an open like it has to be just sort of a it has to be queer in nature I finished it in a day and I've never written that fast and uh I was like this was awesome I feel really energized um I've kind of been chasing that feeling ever since can't find it but uh <laughs> that is like I guess my version of a benchmark is being like here's a uh sort of broad assignment um finished up by the state and if I think about it in those terms I'm way more likely to um f find success in my writing but I like that you said that, you know, the benchmarks and goals don't work for you right now or the benchmarks, not necessarily not the goals part, but that the benchmarks or um, tracking doesn't work for you right now. Mm -hmm. Because I think leaving leaving space for your 
your working habits to change over time as you grow and become a different person is really important mm-hmm. um, because I've gotten hung up before on <clears throat> you're like, well, this is the way it worked for me the last time. That doesn't mean it's the way it's going to work for you this time. And, totally. and understanding that is really important, I think. Well, and I think the way we've been talking is really helpful, especially to me, because um, I think we need to, writers need to think about their success or chasing it as being present tense. Because mm-hmm. when we think like, I'm not going to write because it didn't work for me. Like we need to think it hasn't yet, like it hasn't worked yet. And um, thinking about it as like an activity and like an active thing even within our conversation has been really helpful for me. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting at each time we, I, I read an interview with an author, like, you know, not, not all authors touch on this, but like, it's interesting how many authors do talk about how there's a process that worked on X book and Y book, but then Z book, that process just wasn't working. And then all like they, they start to almost doubt themselves then. And then, then all of a sudden some kind of new process is the way that ha- it had to be done for them to get that, that next book out. So, so I, I like that thought that, you know, don't, don't get like, you, even if you have like a, a process that's working right now, like don't, don't feel like you always have to keep that process because uh, eventually, uh, you know, like sometimes I feel like, a thing that can really block people uh, with their writing is um, just getting married to like the, the certain process. And, and then if, if it's not working, if that, if it's not working for them, like they think, well, I'm, I'm just done writing. I can't, can't write anymore when actually may, maybe it's just like kind of changing your mindset or maybe mm-hmm. it's walking away for a while and uh, giving yourself space so that you can come come at it with fresh eyes and a new totally. love for it. Well, I think that also connects to the idea that, you know, if, if something doesn't work, if it works for you one time, but it doesn't work for you the next time or on this other book, I think that's, it also connects the idea that what works for other writers won't necessarily work for you. And because mm-hmm. X writer finds success in writing every single day, and that's the way that they get their work done um, doesn't mean that that's that process is what works for every other writer or what will for sure. work for you. Um, you know, that was another thing that kind of impacted my thinking when I was younger and my idea of success was, you know, I would go to these um, bookstore, these author events at bookstores and people would ask the question like, what's your writing process? What kind of, what pen do you use? And I know that's like the stereotypical question, you know, what, what notebook and pen do you like to use? But, and so I got hung up on that. What worked Mm. for, if I loved this author, I need to emulate the way that they work to find that same success. And like, hopefully we don't need to say that that's not the way it works anymore, but there are always new people coming into writing. And so we should say, that's not the way it works. (laughs) What works for you is going to be different than what works for every other person. Yeah, totally. And I, I'm I'm a poet that's married to a poet, and and I don't know if I've talked about uh, the difference between my writing process and Tammy, uh, my wife's writing process, before on here. If I have, uh, I'm sorry for repeating myself, but 
Um, I'm I'm a poet that likes to write poems rather frequently, and um, it's just something like I like to do. Like I don't even worry about whether it's publishable or not. So I'm like just I'm always writing stuff, and a lot of it like you know after a week or so coming back to it, like I'm like okay, well this I'm not going to do anything with this, but like it was fun to write it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas and and eventually like you know there'll be poems that that come out that i start to feel like okay well this one i might be able to get published somewhere meanwhile uh, my wife tammy she will go long stretches like sometimes like a year or more without writing a poem but then like she might be working on an idea in her head like that whole time and have some different images in her head and uh, she she'll just go like long stretches without writing, and then all of a sudden, like the poem finally is right into her head where she gets it out, and it's incredible. And um, that's just how she writes, and and then she'll go through it, and like her revision process is like wild because. <laughs> I will think that it's like the most amazing poem and she'll still sit on it for another couple of years because there's something about it that she just, she thinks it's, it is pretty good. Like she'll even say like, it's pretty good, but, but she feels <laughs> like there's something else that can uh, improve it. And, um, and it, so it's just, it's interesting, like thinking about that, like everyone's process being so much different, uh, how, how they come at it. Uh, if that there are people who are, uh, closer to being daily writers like myself, like I, I like to write a lot, uh, just for the sake of writing. But then, you know, if, if you just write in spurts, um, like there's nothing wrong with it. That's, that's how, how, how you process stuff. This has been a fascinating conversation. I, I think I had like a breakthrough moment. And it's I think other people did too with Mariah's uh, hopes versus goals idea. <laughs> I kind of want that to be my motto for the year. Um, <laughs> I don't know about the rest of you, but I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, our writing prompt for this episode does kind of connect to that idea create a writing related goal for yourself. It can be craft or publication based and you can create metrics or stepping stones so you can see your progress toward that end goal. But be sure to find a way to keep the the success in your own hands instead of solely based on the approval of someone else. In other words, create your hope and create your goal. Thanks for listening to Writer's Digest Presents. Be sure to join us next month when we'll be talking about romance novels and romance in novels. In the meantime, you can always find us at writersdigest.com and on social media at Writer's Digest. See you next time.